Hello and welcome back to the Drive the Lane podcast for League 31. I am your host with the most who doesn't like to boast, oh, maybe a little bit, uh, Coach Jimmy Neutron of the Rochester Boy Geniuses. What's up, Nerd Nation? Uh, we got on the line a very, very special guest today. Uh, he is the coach of the Waterloo Woodchucks. Most of you know him as G Money, uh, maybe a little bit of Gideon in here. Um, but how you doing, Coach? Uh, doing not too bad. Um, yeah. Just really excited about winning the championship, but right. obviously we kind of got knocked down a peg there when we uh, took a look the next day and saw our recruiting class lost yeah. all of our ties. But you know we're trying to look ahead now. Sure, sure. I mean, you guys still have you know you look at that sophomore or sorry the junior class now uh, mm-hmm. that are three eight and um, you guys still have those sophomores and seniors who are pretty decent, give you pretty good depth too, but. I, I know how you feel. I mean, right after I won the championship, I landed a class that was fine, but not great. Uh, and it just didn't feel particularly <laughs> exciting. It's just like the turnover exactly. is so quick, right? We, Cheese yep. and I were kind of talking about that, but like our minds are so quick to go to the negative that it's hard to like celebrate. Um, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. But let, let's do a little bit of celebrating right now. Um, so we're going to do a quick, just want to talk about what, what happened for you leading up to the championship. Um, and then we'll get into these groups, but, uh, yeah. So just talk me through it. Um, like were there in season adjustments that really helped you? I know you got pretty deep in the PNTT last year, right? But couldn't take it home. Um, exactly. and so yeah. what, what really changed throughout the year, I guess is my question. Yeah. So at the start of the year, we finally landed our point guard of the future and William Daniels. That was, we felt that was the last kind of key that we needed. And so once we landed that, we thought we had a great starting five all set, but just going through the regular season, we, uh, we lost two in conference games and we're like, what is going on? We feel like we have a really talented team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of felt like the, uh, the fouls were kind of, keeping our stars out of the game. And so after some consulting, we talked with uh, <laughs> Coach V, and uh, he kind of gave me some data on some man-to-man defense, and we decided to switch over to that, and we ended up not losing any games after that switch. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. What is – I mean, you can share as much or as little as you want to, but mm-hmm. what were sort of the things that you saw on your team that made it, like, man-to-man a viable defense? Yeah. Um we just felt like based off the data that it might, it might've helped us with the fouls. And that mm-hmm. was our biggest idea is that we need to keep our stars in there. Yes. Our backups are decent, but we need to keep our stars on the, on the court as long as we can. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, yeah. You look at that. I mean, I, I already referenced them, but that that junior class uh, mm-hmm. headlined by Jared Ingram and, and Lucas Cruz sort of outside of that class, who would you say was the biggest key to, I mean, Maybe the William Daniels, but who's the biggest key for you in actually securing the championship? Yeah, it was William or it was uh, Brian Hess. Um, okay, he uh, he just came up big in the NTT, and um, he's just putting up some uh, some high scoring games and really just defending super well with the blocks and the steals. I think he finished with more blocks and steals than uh, Jared Ingram. Did. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, he's Very a six three <laughs> shooting guard. For those of you who don't know. Yeah, some crazy stats this year for him. So I'm excited to see what he'll, he'll do this year. But uh, he also in that championship game, I think we were uh, we were up by two points in like 25 seconds late at the uh, end of the fourth quarter. 
and he hits a dagger three and just puts it up to a two possession game. Oh, so I that's... think that was just huge. Yeah, yeah. And you guys ended up winning by eight. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, it was like a very, 88 very eight close here. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Commiserations to Cedar Rapids. Really good coach. For sure. Uh, just perennial NTT team. Um, I mean, you guys have been in the NTT the last two years. Uh, you're looking to make it three in a row. And I, I think you guys are pretty locked for the NTT, but you lose Austin Burdett, who's getting four and a half blocks and 1.2 steals mm-hmm. per game, as well as a pretty good assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, exactly. h- how are you guys feeling like you're going to replace them this year? Um, that's going to be a tough one. Um, so we ended up pulling a – we had some points thrown around there um, before the reveal on um, Savignon Lassiter. Mm-hmm. We'll go with – that's the pronunciation I guess it we'll is. go with. But, uh, <laughs> but he kind of fell to us. Um, so he's he's no Austin Burdett for sure, but at least he replaces the 6'11 height. And he can, he can rebound. He can assist. Um, but I don't think the defense is going to be quite there. Hmm. But, but we're excited um, just to keep our, the rest of our core intact. So yeah, yeah, we'll have to make do with it. Oh, for sure. And you look like Austin Burdett had 3.3 blocks uh, per game too. And so you guys still should be able to protect the rim pretty well. You're telling me that Lassiter fell to you. Like he wasn't even signed. Oh my, who was the leading coach? Um, let's take a look here. So that was coach Ario 11 of Des Moines. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he ended up getting the 136-145 class. That's so weird. I mean, yeah. I feel like your your class is right around there, but mm-hmm. I feel like Lassiter is better than anyone in the, like, hundreds range usually, you know? Yeah. So we had 42 points on him, and uh, that coach ended up putting 113 on him. Huh. And I guess his priority points just went other places. I was right. very surprised that he kind of fell to us there. We, uh, sure. we got our two clear leads. And then last year, I guess you could kind of say he was our walk-on. Right, right. <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were not expecting him at all. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, quite a few, like, trails. But I never – in, mm-hmm. like, T-League or League 42, sometimes I'll expect those guys. But, yeah, in, in League 31, I never expect, a, a, like, a big trail to fall to me. So that's pretty exciting. I feel like he's mm-hmm. he's at least a, a pretty good backup big, but would be able to exactly. slot into that center or power forward to, to, uh, sort of based on where you're going to fit in Lucas Cruz. So that's exciting. Yep. We'll we'll talk a lot more about your team with JD later on a podcast, but would love to jump Sounds into good. the PNTT if you're good with that. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start with the self group. So the self group um, named after – uh, the late great Austin Self, a backup shooting guard for Salt Lake City, uh, is so they the self group is comprised of Salt Lake City, Erie, Aurora, and Hershey. Uh, so we're gonna jump into talking about the one seed here, which is Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake City graduated the forty six sixty seven class uh, and landed the one thirty one forty four class. They finished last year as the tenth overall team in the nation, uh, and then. And we look at the ranking this year and they're at number 37. And so what do you see here with uh, Bill's fans, Salt Lake city denizens? Well, I'm saying we got a great coach here. Mm-hmm. He's very experienced. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, it's a tough draw on that class that he got also, you know, uh, kind of, as we talked about, 
uh, we've been seeing a pattern here. There's been some some tough classes, um, but uh, as long as he's got Tanner Nunez, right, he's set. Um, but I'm also saying that he does have a tough draw playing uh, Montiplier in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. They they do seem good, but I think this this might be kind of tough for them to to repeat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I think that the, I can't remember if it was was this past year that I was in the same region as them, and it mm-hmm. it really came down to our game against them as to who was going to go to the playoffs. And I can't remember if they got an at large bid or not, but I'm pretty sure they didn't. So they've kind of been on the verge of the PNTT playoffs a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, but they seem to return all their more most important starters. So their point guard Jason Gardner was pretty efficient at 60% true shooting, uh, 15.5 points per game. Point guard uh, kind of switched between point guard shooting guard. The only starter they really graduated was Conrad McGuire, who's, I would say, mm-hmm. their worst starter. Um, actually, he only played five games. So this is – I'm actually confused as to who – we can't see who actually started for them the most. Maybe he mm-hmm. just threw him in there at the end uh, is actually what it seems like just to honor a senior. Uh, so they, the, this, the breakdown is essentially that they didn't lose much. Austin Self actually started most games, it looks like, and, along mm-hmm. with J.C. Davidi. Davida, who's part of that 3-2 class. Um, but they return Inouye and Zachary Bax. Um, I think we're going to see that the top, the there are like three teams actually in this region who are pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And and he didn't bring anyone who is like world beaters, but that 3-2 junior class really is fairly significant. So, yeah, it, yeah it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I do like Christopher uh, Muniz as a, a good glue guy. Yeah. So... I think that was a good consolation prize for assuming he didn't hit any of his um, his ties. Right, right. Yeah, and he seems like he actually could – he's pro, he's potentially even a good shooter uh, on low volume. Had a 56.6% mm. true shooting percentage on nine points. Uh, from a small forward position, he's 6'4". So I feel like that, that could even go up at the like uh, shooting guard or point guard position. Seems like he'll probably play back up depending on how he wants to handle that shooting guard position. But – also had 5.7 assists, like you were saying. A pretty good glue guy. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's jump to the next team. So we have Erie Brown, the Erie Browns, coached by Coach MWJ. So Erie at a Conference 6, my hometown conference, graduated their worst class, the 193-209 class, and landed the 121-107 class. Uh, they finished last year ranked as the number 17 team in the nation. Uh, I'm, yeah, they, they made it to the Final Four of the PTT. So they were, I believe, the – first team out of the NTT last year. Um, and then they start the year uh, at 31st. Uh, so they're ranked second in our conference, conference six. Um, they return a lot of studs, all of their starters, but uh, I'll let you talk about it first. What do you see here in Erie? Yeah. So I think last year we saw that they played freshman Christopher Goldston at the shooting guard position. And mm-hmm. it just does not look like, you know, he was able to produce that much. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting looking at what they brought in. Um, so maybe Gabriel Brown can go in. Yeah. I know he had 4.8 turnovers at the point guard spot, but maybe, you know, going to shooting guard, maybe he can bring that down enough. Hmm. And maybe increasing the volume a little bit might help. Right, right. But, uh, but love, that'll be interesting to see if he replaces him. I also do like the uh, the freshman Jacob Schur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can't shoot that well, but it looks like he can do everything else fairly well. 
So that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to be a great uh, sort of fill-in for Fernando Williams and Ahmed Arnold if uh, mm. if they get in foul trouble or next year, you know, once they graduate. Because he th- his uh, front court is just completely loaded. You got Michael Bertini, yep. uh, who was scouted at like plus 10. Um, mm. He's scoring 21 points a game. Fernando Williams uh, scoring 17.7 points per game at the power forward position at 55.8% true shooting. And then Ahmed Arnold. Um, I don't, I, from what I remember, yeah, he was only scoring 14.8 points per game in high school. Um, so to see that bump up a couple of points, super efficient, 61% from the center position is pretty crazy. Uh, that front court is just completely loaded. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. The, the back court is definitely the weakness. And he actually, so Jacobs and uh, Isaiah Hayes off the bench for him started two seasons ago. Uh, when I believe they made the well, let me make I can fact check this. They made the elite eight uh, in the NTT, and then he replaced them with these two freshmen who he liked a lot better. Um, I don't know if he's going to switch back to that, or like you said, if maybe he throws Gabriel Brown as like a run and gun shooting smaller shooting guard who's pretty efficient. Um, but I, I just think that this team is loaded and is mm-hmm. really deep. I always think that they're underrated. They came in ranked like a hundredth last year and ended up, you know, 17th on the season. And so for them to see even, even be 31st at this point, I think that that's even a little low for them. Yeah. And you're seeing that they were a in one seat in the PTT and they finished third. They, there's no way they're going back to the PTT. No, no. This is, this is an NTT team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even, Oh, you know, you look at our conference, conference six, uh, the, the top end team. So I finished seventh last year, Carnegie finished eighth or sorry, not Carnegie conquered finished eighth. And now we're the, uh, 110th and 187th ranked teams. Cause we pulled in really bad classes and lost our studs. Mm-hmm. And so the window's wide open to sort of take over conference six, um, JFM, a, a really good and active coach also brought in a really good class. So he's currently ranked above Erie, but I think you're right. I think this is an NTT team. I think this is a, a PNTT playoff team. Who's going to make a lot of, noise and, and do some damage definitely agree yep all right let's look at uh the aurora roaring rhinos coached by coach m cook really really nice guy uh so they graduated the 50 15 class so a lot of top end talent there and then brought in the 60 26 class so just a little bit of a drop off they finished last year as the 82nd ranked team and then they start the year as the 186th ranked team which is a little surprising but you look at outside of their freshman class that they just brought in, all of their uh, other classes are sort of in the 160s. So what do you see with this uh, Aurora team, Coach? I think it's a shame that, um, you know, they just graduated that really talented senior class, mm-hmm. and they, they were able to replace it with a good class, but I think just putting those two classes together would have been great for them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of their uh, – since their talent is young, they still got a lot of – um, some poor classes that they still need to kind of clear out. Um, so, but I think as long, well, actually, no, they, they lost Landon Lewis. Is that correct? Yeah. They lost Landon Lewis. Yeah. That, that's a really big blow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just kind of building off that freshman class is their goal right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I would agree. I I mean, so Landon Lewis, for those of you who don't know, 28 points per game on 58% true shooting, uh, 1.4 steals. Man, the uh, the small forward position with a 4-to-1 turnover ratio are a little bit better than that. Uh, I mean, 
that was what like a quarter uh, or sorry about a no about a quarter of their scoring um mm-hmm. so that's pretty significant even a little bit more than that uh and then they didn't bring in they brought in a good class but no one who's really a scorer uh, the, their best yeah. guy scored 16 points a game, but on 49% true shooting percentage. And so uh, I think Samuel Flemister is going to have to step up in a pretty significant way, but he wasn't even that efficient in how he scored. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really like uh, the freshman they brought in, Arthur Davis. So he only, mm-hmm. he only scored 20 or 10 points a game, sorry, uh, but got 2.6 offensive boards, 3.4 assists, and 3.1 blocks. Uh, to go with 1.1 steals. So I wonder if he slots into that that uh, center position. You get to move Van Zant up um, and maybe put Michael Weaver at the small forward position, uh, and then they get a little bit bigger. But I just don't know where offense is going to come from. In this, yeah, I think scoring might be a problem. Yeah, yeah. And you look like Salt Lake City, Erie, and Hershey are all really good teams. And so mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty tough draw for M. Cook. I think if he were in my division – uh, our division is pretty weak. He he would have a chance to actually take it. Uh, but I think that this is just going to be really hard. And, and it's hard not to see him finish fourth in this division. Yeah, it's a tough draw for him for sure. Yep, yep. All right, let's jump to the last team in this division. So we have the Hershey Colts coached by Coach Andrew Luck. So he retires and then takes <laughs> over a DTL team, of course. Um, so Hershey graduates the 3574 class uh, and then brings in the 5680 class. Uh, so a little bit of movement, but not a lot. And then they finish the year ranked 55th. Uh, and then they come to the year starting as the 47th ranked team. And so this is a team that beat us in the uh, – wait, is this true? I'm pretty sure they beat us in the NTT. Um, and then uh, ended up getting 22nd, so lost their next game, but actually did some some decent damage. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll let you talk about what do you see with uh, Hershey here? So I think, unfortunately, Hershey loses two senior starters and Jason Frazier and Parker Monchka. Mm-hmm. These two players just combined that they got about 57% of the points last year. So Oh, man. Um, so he sees the, the loss of all that, all that scoring, but then he goes out oh, and he brings he out three scores. Right. <laughs> and uh, I see he's got one guy named Jacob Story. Oh, if, no. if he's related to Zachary's oh, story, no. then the lease going to be broken again. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he brought in a lot of scoring. But the only problem there is that he got even shorter um, by doing that. He, he got two – he got a 6'3 player, a 6'6 player, and a 6'5 player. And this was a team that was already lacking height. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at – he's got maybe two 6'9 players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both of them probably aren't going to be starting. So I think height's going to be, be a big issue here, but I guess we'll see what small ball can do. Right, right. Yeah, he started uh, two 6'8 guys and a 6'9 guy, which is 6'8 for a small forward's great height, but uh, he just is lacking that, like, top-end height, like you were saying. And then mm-hmm. the tallest guy in this class is 6'6". Six, six. So I do think that, uh, what, Hector Ledette and Zachary Leonard probably slot into that 2-3 and three slot mm-hmm. for him um respectively but uh yeah you're right it's like he's not gonna struggle to score but if he runs into a team that has like size sort of like salt lake city does um Mm. or eerie it'd be a problem yeah it is gonna be a problem so i totally agree there although i do love hershey's uh point guard slash backup shooting guard last year cole clifton only because he has a great 
last name. <laughs> um, so if, if you didn't know, that is my last name. Uh, so gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now people are going to stalk me on Facebook or, <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, let's go ahead and jump into maybe some players to watch for this region. Um, so who, who sort of stands out to you as guys that could really like determine the way this region goes? Yeah. So I think it's just got to start off right away with uh tenure Nunez. Mm-hmm. This is a senior year and he's just that do everything small forward. He's an exciting player to watch. Um, let's see. Let's see. Maybe for Erie, I'd say Michael Bertini. Yeah. He's also – he's a junior this year. He's also a small forward. So I'm kind of seeing a pattern here of, like, some elite small forwards in this group. Yep. And then I'm also excited to just kind of see that whole freshman class for Hershey. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and sort of where he's All that scoring. That. Right. Exactly. Where are these people going to play? Are they going to be able to shoot as efficiently as they did in high school? Right, right. Yeah, and he seems to be a coach that does feed his more efficient players. Um, <clears throat> like Jason Frazier got a lot of looks last year as a 60% true shooting percentage guy. And so I think that he's good at tinkering with that and we'll figure out that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I have the same guys. I mean, I think that Ahmed Arnold is also just an absolute stud at center for um, Erie. He uh, he also blocks two and a half blocks uh, shots per game. And so that's pretty sweet. But um, I, mm-hmm. I think you covered the other guys pretty well. So let's go ahead and go to uh, – who we think is going to take it down. And so what are your predictions for how this group plays out? So I think this is going to be a close race between Salt Lake City, Erie, and Hershey. Agree. But I think it's going to come down to the out-of-group games. Hmm. And for that, I think Erie draws the edge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you see – so Salt Lake City plays Ann Arbor. Uh, Brad's a great coach, good friend, um, and – typically can figure things out is better than his 100th ranking. And then Montpelier is mm. getting much better. And then Nashville is, is Kyle, clearly a good coach. But then mm-hmm. uh, Erie only plays Yuma, whose coach I'm not sure is active. Um, In- Inglewood, and then he does play Plainsview, but they had a, Plainview, but they had a lot of turnover. Um, and then mm-hmm. I actually – okay, so Hershey plays Reno, Scottsdale, and Springfield, who are all pretty decent teams. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm leaning Erie here too. Um, I just think that the the front court, as other teams are sort of trying to figure it out, is going to win the day for them. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I, I could see whoever wins the Salt Lake City-Hershey game, I think probably is also an at-large team. Um, yep. Just based on sort of how how good this, this region really is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Any other Super. thoughts here on the uh, self group? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Great. Well, we will rejoin you. Uh, to talk about the Gonzalez group. Sounds great. Cool. I'll send you, I'm going to pull up all the teams and then I'll send you a link. Okay. All right. All right. And welcome back. I'm still here with coach G money, the reigning champ. Uh, I did forget to mention that we, uh, we actually record podcasts or sorry, commercials, kind of like the uh, Heisman commercials, you know, where like the old champs pick on the new champs. And so we'll send you guys those out soon. We got G money and some new uh, league 31 champs commercials. Uh, they, they went pretty well, didn't they coach? They sure did. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Gonzalez group. Now uh, Gonzalez group is comprised of Flagstaff, Ocala, Scottsdale and Springfield. Uh, let's go ahead and jump in the one seed 
here with Flagstaff. So Flagstaff Whippersnappers, coached by Coach Tao, 2006 of League 32. They graduate the 182-178 class and bring in the 96-100 class. Uh, and then they finish the year as a 20th-ranked team, and they come to the year ranked 19th, so right about where they left off. What do you see here with Flagstaff? So I'm seeing a team here who was a three-seed in the NTT, mm-hmm. and they lost none of their seniors. Right. And they added even better talent um, in their freshman class. Right. So, so I think they're in a pretty good position here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And you look, it's like no one really stands out, uh, sort of like eye-popping stats. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had a 54% true shooting percentage and allowed a 51.7%. So not a big margin there. Um, but they don't turn the ball over and they cause turnovers. And honestly, those six possessions that they got per game, um, as well as one and a half more free throws per game, really make a difference uh, in the uh, in DTL. You know, um, yeah. So I, I nailed it. They uh, they don't have a lot of star power, but they're just solid all around. And sometimes those teams are a lot more dangerous than a team with maybe one or two star players. Right, because you can't really like put on put your best star on their best player when everyone scores 10 points a game you know exactly yeah their backups were shooting really efficiently right right and you can tell there's they sort of have everyone on normal normal just based on the Mm -hmm. the minutes that everyone's playing um and they don't really seem to maybe outside of austin cleveland they don't really seem to have anyone on one one which uh is very different than how i run my teams but it really works for tau uh and so love love what he does here with this flagstaff team because it's so hard to hone in on like you said and and with the, the patch that's coming up next Saturday uh, that's supposed to limit the one-man show, uh, I think that this is actually going to really benefit a team like Flagstaff. Right. All right, let's jump into the uh, two-seat here. So we have the Ocala Opossum, coached by my good friend, Subpar Stash. Uh, he graduated a really good class, the 2030 class, mm-hmm. and then just brought in uh, sort of a glue class in the 9754 class. They finished last year as the 23rd ranked team and then come to this season as the 40th ranked team. Uh, what do you see here with Ocala? So I think the only thing I need to see is that they have Isaiah Moses. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Begins and ends so, with Isaiah Moses, right? Exactly. And I thought it was kind of interesting that um, the coach ended up moving Moses to small forward after mm-hmm. a successful freshman year at center. Yeah. Um, so kind of with the loss of 6'10 senior John Hale, Mm-hmm. Moses is the tallest player on the team. So yep. are, are we going to see a move back to center? Is he going to stay at small forward? Is he going to power forward? There's just so many questions here, but I think no matter where he's going to move to, he's going to excel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, kind of knowing the coach and, and knowing uh, sort of how his team is laid out. John Hale and mm-hmm. Isaiah Moses were actually fairly close in ratings outside of shooting. And so for him, he was like, I I know his thinking was sort of like, I want to get Isaiah Moses the most shots as possible. Mm-hmm. And because the small forward touches the ball more uh, than any position besides point guard on the floor, uh, mm-hmm. it just makes sense to, for me to play him at small forward. He played him at center a few times, but it didn't work. Like he tried it against JD uh, in, in Clearwater. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think he moves Moses back to the center position. Um, he does have bring in Jonathan Neal, who's really intriguing and really good. He's only 6'9", but had 3.5 blocks per game last year and 3.2 assists um, to go with pretty decent rebounding numbers. And so if he wants to go a little bit smaller at that center position and keep Moses in the small forward position, he could. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, that'll be interesting to see what he ends up doing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think his team is like the antithesis, right. Of Flagstaff where he has all star power sort of focused in uh, Moses and Leverett versus like the spreading out of the team. Exactly. Yep. That's, that's where the points came from last year. Right. Right. All right. Let's look at uh, Scottsdale. So this is again, I think a pretty loaded region. Uh, so Scottsdale graduates the 81 104 class and brings in the 109 103 class. So they did lose a little bit of talent, but probably not enough, honestly, returning all five starters. Uh, they finished the season as the 70th ranked team, and then they come into the season ranked 45th. So what do you see here Which uh, mm-hmm. with coaches, Coach No Thought to its team here in Scottsdale? Yeah, so I'm seeing they kind of – it was kind of a net zero effect losing that senior class and then mm-hmm. replacing them with this freshman class. So um, they didn't really lose any senior starters, but I think the big question is, does this freshman class help them enough to get them to the next level? Right. You know, we're seeing a PTT six seed here that finished 26. Um, they're in a kind of tough group here. So we'll see if those freshmen can help them out. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, and again, the question, we'll talk about this with Memphis in our next group, but the question for them becomes like, does the patch kill Alexis Early's sort of uh, efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. He was scoring 32 points a game on 60% true shooting. That's just absolutely wild right. um, to yeah. see those sorts of numbers. And so you pair that with Melvin Young, and he he brings back a lot of offensive talent, but is that going to be sort of limited by the way the game is changing? Yeah, that'll be definitely something big to watch because – there's just no other real scoring threat out here except for Melvin Young, kind of. Right. And his freshman class, he didn't really bring in any scores. So, right. Well, let's see how how tough that patch is on this Scottsdale yeah. team. Right. Right. Yeah, I think he and and Memphis are kind of the the two teams probably dreading this patch. You know. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's look at the last team. So this is a new coach to the PNCT. I'm really excited. He messaged me one day, and I was like, hey. You should join the PNCT. And he's like, I'm doing it. So we got Kid Akron here uh, coaching the Spring, Springfield Geese. So he graduates uh, the – am I reading this right? He gra- yeah. Oh, let's go. He graduated the 204-203 class and brought in the 512 class. So that's some of that, uh, that talent injection into the PNCT we needed. Um, he finished last year ranked 142nd and then is coming into the year 56th. So what do you see here with uh, Springfield Geese and Coach Kid Akron? So they finished 23rd in the RTT as a four seed. And mm. let me just say that with this freshman class, they are no longer an RTT. Team. Right. Like, yeah. Um, we're talking either a high PTT or even an NTT team here. Mm-hmm. But um, this is easily the most talented freshman class that you and, you and I have looked at. Um, mm-hmm. So they bring in two scoring guards, including Alfonso Avery, who averaged 27.7 points on 56.5 true shooting. This right. is probably the freshman to watch um, out of out of this group. Yeah, so, yeah, and maybe the be... freshman to watch in the in the tournament, right? I mean, possibly. This guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's an absolute stud. But I think the biggest kind of question mark here is that this is a team that already lacks some height. Mm-hmm but they went for more scoring at the uh, guard position. So we'll see if that, uh, the small ball can kind of work. Um, but, but at least, you know, scoring wins. So right. We'll see. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that the height is really what hurt them last year and, and limited their upside because they did have a positive uh, plus minus overall. 
Um, and their starters seem to actually play fairly well, but their bench got kind of beat up. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if this little bit of injection of talent uh, is really going to take them over the edge or if it's like they're just – I think that they're one class away from being a real like mover and shaker, even in the NTT, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. I just really hope that they uh, kind of focus on getting some of those bigs, but once right. they do, this is a scary team. They, right. Uh, I think right now they look a lot like the uh, the Hershey team we kind of yep. just looked at in the other right. group. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so while we're you know talking about studs, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, players to watch in this region. So who stands out to you as someone to watch? So, I mean, if we're talking about players to watch, it's got to start with uh, Isaiah Moses. You know, he's it has just a to. guy. That every time he goes to the basket, he just parts the seat. Right. So, um, it's got to start there. <laughs> I missed it for a second. That was good. <laughs> I really almost missed it. I can't believe that. I was trying to make a. I was trying to think of an Isaiah joke right after, but I couldn't. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. His but, lips uh, were touched with coal, or I don't know. It was bad. <laughs> we gotta keep moving. So I think um, I'd say the freshman class. These uh, these scores for Springfield. That's mm-hmm. also some some people some players i want to watch yeah yeah i would agree i mean we also have to talk about alexis early uh for scottsdale the 32 mm-hmm. points per game guy um and 1.6 steals so he's a pretty good defender as well and then i really like john bennett on scottsdale so he gets 3.5 blocks per game when we're talking about sort of that lack of height that springfield has uh, and potentially if uh, isaiah moses moves to the center position if that's going to really affect him as like uh is that top end height, you know, mm-hmm. um, exactly. and I, I think it potentially could, but uh, let's go ahead and jump into predictions. So what do you see happening in this group? So I think this is going to be a tough group for sure. I mean, they're, they're very close to each other, but mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to be even closer between Flagstaff and Ocala, but yeah. I think I have to pick Ocala. I think Moses is just too much of a weapon. He can play almost anywhere. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're seeing that he can switch positions and succeed. So I got to yep. go with Ocala. Yeah, I, man, it's not fun to keep picking the same teams, but I have to, <laughs> I have to agree. I mean, so Springfield, I think, is just missing that top end talent, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scottsdale, like, I really do like their team, but I think that they actually probably have the harder schedule of mm-hmm. these guys. So they play Hershey and Miami in the regular season. Um, whereas, and, and Ocala plays good teams too, but they drew me and we're kind of reeling. Um, and then Flagstaff has to play you uh, as well as Frankfurt. So some really top end teams. And, and I so, think they play Harrisburg as well. That's a tough draw. Yeah, it is. Even when Harrisburg is ranked 174th, uh, that's, that's never true for Harrisburg, right? Yeah, Harrisburg uh, just finds a way to win tough games. Right, right. So that's that's never an easy game for sure. Yeah, I agree. So I'm, I'm going to go with Ocala here too. <clears throat> I think this is another region where we can have an at-large team, potentially Flagstaff um, or Scottsdale. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I feel bad for these coaches. feels a little bit like a group of death. But, yeah. yep. Cool. Well, that'll wrap us up uh, here in the Gonzalez group. And next we will be talking about the Beatty group. All right, and welcome back. I'm still here with Coach G Money. Uh, we're here to talk about the Beatty group. So Beatty uh, is comprised of Memphis, Clearwater, Ann Arbor, and Santa Fe. So some really good coaches 
uh, some really active coaches. Uh, let's start here with the one seed in Memphis. And so Memphis was a, uh, a four seed last year in the NTT. They graduated the 102-122 class and brought in a 68-89 class. So brought in a little bit more talent. And then they went from 22nd to – they start the year at 64th, but I don't know if that's going to hold up. Uh, so what do you see here, Coach, with uh, Coach Babernew's Memphis Routers? Yeah, so I'm seeing that this is a team that they lost both starters in their uh, front court. But then you look at the freshman class, and it looks like they just upgraded in the front court. So right. you have a team here that has the freshman sensation, Kevin Fickner, that cleaned Man. up at the award show. Yeah, he went eight for eight, right? Yeah, uh, he capped it with the league player of the year. So this is a dangerous team that got even more dangerous. Right. And so I'm really excited to watch this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you graduate Fred uh, Beatty, who's the like namesake of the group, who was just fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But then you add a, a Mark Bedell who stays the same height, but then can actually score. So 61% true shooting on 17 points for center is pretty incredible because uh, they're not, they're not you. So that for those of you who don't know how it works, true shooting percentage is really impacted by like impact shots. And so your three pointers are going to be worth more than your, like uh, your regular two pointers or your free throws. And so centers will usually, even though they're can be more efficient scorers, they'll have a lower true shooting percentage whereas guards have kind of that better chance as as three-point shooters to have higher true shooting percentage so a 60 percent true shooting percentage or 61 percent true shooting percentage for a center is a really really solid number uh to add to his 2.4 blocks and three uh, offensive boards per game um so yeah i i think that this class i mean added to that three one class uh some help down low is is a really really exciting class and and i think that this team's gonna be pretty good yeah, and I think just kind of getting that class right next to that 3-1 freshman class. You know, you're right. building this young core. Right. And I think it's also huge. We touched on, you know, with that patch that um, is probably going to limit some of that shooting of the uh, the kind of superheroes, I guess you could say, the one-man right. shows. Right. Um, Kevin Fickner was kind of that one-man show. He also had Steven Singleton last year. Right. But now you're bringing in Mark Bedell. You know, he's probably going to play either center or power forward right but you know we're bringing another option here so even if that patch kind of affects Fickner some I think you know we're going to have other players that can finally step up and you know bring some extra help right right and and the other two guys in this freshman class are not bums you know mm-hmm. Ethan Lowe's six seven guy who get got five assists per game and Jet, uh, Jesus McCord 10 points per game and and 3.4 offensive boards and so he's a he's a fine backup big Mm -hmm. you know um so i think that this team if they add another really good class next year uh they're they're sort of like within the uh waterloo rockford (laughs) sort of realm type teams you know so yeah i i do think that right now um you know they lost their 610 senior uh Mm -hmm. power forward so now we're looking at a couple guys at the the 69 kind of level Right. So I think we are kind of looking at some some height deficit here. Right. So I think that'll be something for them to focus on. But right now they got that young core, so I think they're looking great right now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I'd agree. All right, let's go ahead and jump over to the Clearwater Sit Rockers, uh, coached by Coach JD. Uh, so they graduate the 59-56 class, and of course they bring in the 16-17 <laughs> class. Uh, and then they – so they finish the number – as the number four team 
on the year, even though they ended up losing their first round game of the NTT. Um, they ended up winning out. Uh, and then they start the year as the number 30 team here. Uh, so what do you see here with uh, JD's team? So I'm thinking starting off with the rank of 30 is kind of, kind of high there. I think they should be a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is a good team here that I think got just a bit better. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, last year they missed out on Benjamin McLean, who uh, ended up becoming a first-team all-leaguer. And this was after Coach J.D. went on the record uh, declaring that they had an 80% chance to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's kind of kind of funny how that one kind of caught them. But this team with McLean would just kind of be on another level. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they lost one freshman um, – one starter, um, seven-footer Jordan Morris, who played small forward for them. But I think this team has plenty of depth, and mm-hmm. for their freshman class, I think they should be able to fill that position easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jordan Morris was a seven-foot uh, small forward. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of a fun player to have as your small forward, but I still <laughs> think he was, like, the least impactful starter. Yeah. Uh, still had some impact, don't get me wrong, but you get to throw in Jonathan Minervini, uh, who they call just Minerva, um, <laughs> at that small forward position as a 22-point-per-game scorer. Uh, I think that he could actually be a really, really good guy for that spot. Or even Adam Parker had a really good assist-to-turnover ratio and really good defense uh, could fill that like exact Jordan Morris role for them. And so mm-hmm. I think he basically returns the same team uh, who honestly got really unlucky in their first game and then swept – got five out of six in the NTT. So yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he made the – did you make or did he make the uh, PNTT final last year? Um. Let's see. You were two years ago, right? The PNTT final? I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Clearwater and Rockford played. Or no, no, no. Rockford and. I think Rockford uh, won it. Yep. Rockford played Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Yep. And then you played Clearwater two years we ago. We did. That's, what, we that's did. what it was. And yep. uh, we got our hearts broken there. Right. Right. Man. So he's uh, he already knows what it tastes like, the PNTT uh, mm-hmm. championship. And so. I think that this is a team that could be right back there this year. Um, For sure. I, I will take this shot, though. So, uh, J.D. made fun of Northwestern on the <laughs> boards. And since he's not here, I get to say that uh, Northwestern has won seven of the last eight games against uh, Illinois, who he's a big fan of. And, and I think he went to Illinois. And so, keep talking your trash, J.D., but I'll keep putting those dubs up. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Uh, so, now we have uh, Coach Bradley. I'm not sure if he's active or not, but uh, he's the, he's got his Ann Arbor bing bongs here. Uh, he loses the 161-128 class and then gets a pretty bad 197-217 class. Uh, they ended up finishing as the number 41 team uh, on the year, the 41st team on the year. They ended up making the NTT. Um, I believe this, yeah, last year was their first NTT on the number two strength of schedule. They won the Conference 15 tournament, and then they start the year as the 100th ranked team. So what do you see here for Brad's uh, squad? Yeah, so you're seeing a team that, if you look at season 15, PTT, they finished number two. Season 16, PTT, number one. So this is a PTT team that finally broke through mm-hmm. in a tough conference, Conference 15. And uh, they made the NTT. But I think they uh, they drew a tough draw in getting mm-hmm. in this group. Right. And then they also kind of 
got a, a pretty poor freshman class. So I, I'm just not sure there's enough here from that freshman class to help them get to that next level. Um, but it's just going to be hard to compete in this tough group. Yeah, yeah. I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's three walk-ons that wow. you had for this class. Yeah, yeah. So with the pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely struck out. Um, and, you know, you lose Ryan D'Antonio, um, their, their starting point guard, who really was able to facilitate for Malik Byers uh, and, and Tyler Heil. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who actually gets – sort of slotted into that point guard position for them. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you can you guys hear my can you hear my dog, G Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, I am so sorry. Uh my dog is throwing a fit right as he uh, usually goes to bed. So um we'll uh I'll make sure that that's not happening. But <laughs> we'll go ahead and move on to the Santa Fe Caesars. So Santa Fe is our uh, four, four seed here in this region, uh, coached by Coach Re-Rips. They uh, graduate the 88-109 class and bring in a 94-84 class, so a little bit of more top-end talent. And then they finish the year as the 89th team and come to the season as a 29th team. Uh, so the, the system really likes their team this year. They have that senior 5-5 class. What do you see here in Santa Fe? Yeah, just like you said, the, uh, the system really does like their team. They move up from the uh, 89th ranked team last year to the 29th ranked team Um, right and they also keep their starting lineup intact and they were able to add a really interesting freshman class um i especially like lewis trammell six eight uh power forward Um, yeah i don't think they have a lot of flashy players on their team but it's a very balanced starting lineup um so you know maybe they see a little bit of a benefit from that patch with the uh the limiting the the one man shows. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And the, the, it looks like this team sort of just could not figure out their point guard position mm-hmm. last year. And so I'm wondering if Sheehan ended up being the answer or if he was the guy that only started the year um, with those five games played. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. So he looks like, you know, his front court is solid with Caleb Bolden and Jonathan stone. I know they were both, Re, like pretty big ties at the four and five spot for him. Um, they're scoring bigs who are just okay at defense, um, but also can pass pretty well and, and rebound pretty well. But if he can get his guard situation figured out outside of William McClure's at the shooting guard position, um, I think that he could really do some damage here. Um, yeah. But a, it's a, it's a tough region, you know, it really is. And I've been on the end of that, um, just kind of trying your fun, trying to find your point guard, and just kind of throwing stuff there to see what what sticks. That's that's a tough game to play. It is. It's yeah, a, you got to find that balance of somebody who doesn't turn it over too much, but you know can also hit those free throws. So uh, right, we'll see if he can figure out this season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's. I think it's the second most important position outside of a, a center, mm-hmm. like that can really hold down your team, but. Potentially even your most important position. Not sure, though. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about players to watch in this region. Uh, I mean, clearly we're going to talk about Kevin Fickner, right? Yep. Lead uh, player of the year, you have to. Right, right. And who knows with the patch, but potentially looking to repeat. Um, but outside of him, who are you looking at in this uh, region? Yeah, so I'm also looking at Kevin Fickner's <clears throat> new teammate, Mark Bedell. Um, hmm. So we'll see how he kind of fits in with the team. You know, he brings in another scoring option. So I think that brings him a lot of flexibility there. So I'm excited to watch him. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's good. I, I love Clearwater's team. I think that mm-hmm. Jake Adams and Cody Peters at the point guard and shooting guard position um, are just sure. locked and loaded, you know, really efficient guys. And then you got to talk about Malik Byers. We haven't hardly mentioned him. Um, so he clearly struggles defensively. I mean, he got 1.3 blocks per game. But, but two steals at the small forward position. Right, right. Not not great, Bob. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so it kind of makes you wonder if he's kind of like a um, kind of like a saloon door that just goes right in, like you know, lets people in like a turnstile, to just kind <laughs> right. of straight to the bucket. So You're right, so yep. that's a little concerning, but he definitely makes up for it in points. Right. Oh, for sure, and and hyper hyper efficient. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Santa Fe with the uh, with Bolden and Stone. Um, I really wish his name was Boulder. Um, <laughs> Because really, I, then I could have said that they're just missing their pebble up top, but <laughs> uh, but I won't say that because his name's not Boulder, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So who? So let's talk about predictions. Uh, what do you foresee happening in this group? So I think a lot of it is going to come down to how much impact this patch actually has. Hmm. Um, so obviously, I love Kevin Fickner. Like, how do you not love the the league player of the year? Right. Um, so we'll see if, you know, adding Mark Bedell is going to give him that much extra boost to kind of keep that same level of play up. Um, but I think in general, I like Clearwater to win this group. Mm-hmm. But I have Memphis as a very close second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, boring. I, I am also <laughs> picking Clearwater here. I just think that the 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 balance and sort of like the – their depth is great. Yeah, the depth. The depth is absolutely ridiculous. Whereas I think Memphis is just one class away from being that sort of clear water level mm-hmm. type team. Yeah, um, exactly. If yeah. Memphis doesn't get it this year, I think next year for sure, if they can bring in some, some height, I think right. they're in a great position. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Well, hey, that wraps us up with uh, Coach G Money. Uh, really appreciate you, man, for coming on and, and just talking about fake basketball for yeah. an hour. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys, um, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this up, and then you guys can check out uh, my interview and talk in three more regions with Coach JD later tonight. So uh, see you later, Nerd Nation. We'll talk to you guys later. Uh, Have a good night.